Lord God, we invoke your presence in this place. We thank you for this day and for every plan and purpose you've had for this day. We give you praise for it. We thank you now, God, for your healing virtue. We ask that you touch these bodies, make them whole, complete, and like absolutely nothing. God, touch them from the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet. And let healing take place now. Let the blood of Jesus begin to flow, even as it flowed from Calvary, and we thank you for it. We thank you, God, for clothing us in our right minds so that not only can we hear, but we can understand. And God, give us the uh, unction to function. Allow us to do what you've called us to do. And we thank you for it. Now, God, knit us together as one. And God, we give you praise for the fellowship of the saints as we continue to do exploits in your name. Now we give you praise for these and all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to try to do two things. We're going to do this real quick. I wanted to talk to you just a little more on what we've been talking about the last couple of sessions. But I also want to talk to you about uh, fasting. Amen. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter six. I'm just going to read the last two verses, but we're going to talk about several of them. Uh, verse uh, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have uh, from God, and you are not your own? Mm. Let me try that last part one more time. And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, notice the last part there. You don't own either one of those. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you on this thought. Uh, the body is God's temple. We've talked about this, but I, I, I don't need to change the name of it. The, God, uh, the body is God's temple. You can be seated. <clears throat> Now, as believers, the Bible says that because we have been washed, sanctified, and justified, uh, we are, are made whole eternally by God's grace, and therefore we are set free. Amen. Now, uh, that's always a misnomer among saints because we say we are set free. Saints tend to be the most bound up people that you'll ever meet. We have a different kind of bondage after we get saved. The bondage that we had before we were saved was the bondage we were in, uh, uh, in our submission to Satan. The devil led us around, let us do most anything that, that he wanted us to do, and then we got saved. And then we were supposed to be free, and all of a sudden, uh, we became then in bondage to self. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about. 
we, because we are not free enough to rely on the Holy Spirit, we make most decisions from our head, not our heart. Y'all, we make a lot of decisions based on our head, how we figure stuff out. And we figure it ought to work because. And the problem is, is that when we make these decisions uh, from the head rather than the heart, then it means that we are being controlled by self rather than the Holy Spirit. And when we have, uh, you know, even though the Bible talks about the, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, it is from the Holy Spirit that we get self-control. We don't get self-control from self. That's why he says here that do you, don't, do you not know that your body is the temple of God? But he also says, notice in verse 20, he says, the last part, of it, he says, you're not your own. That's number one. He says, uh, just before that, he said, what you have is from God. So God decided after salvation that he would give you his Holy Spirit and that his Holy Spirit would then lead you into his truth. But not many saints are being led by the Spirit. Are y'all listening to me? So we have a freedom that Paul says, but he says in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, we've got to be careful with that. Here's what he says. He says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh but through love serve one another. And what most of us are doing is using our freedom as license. That's why we feel like we can say whatever we think we want to say. And the reason you feel like you can say what you want to say is because you got a mouth. But if you recall, we said that the body is the temple of God. And if your temple is designed for a specific purpose, then your mouth, your mouth is for one thing and one thing only. It's to glorify God. So if we're doing it for any other reason, then it's not the work of the spirit, but it's the work of the flesh. And what's the hardest thing we have control to have to control is our mouth. Because, you know, we talk when we ought to be quiet. And we ought to be quiet sometimes when we're talking. We, we don't know when to fold them and when to hold them. <laughs> and, then, you know, the question is always, and it's a battle all the time, it's always you versus the Holy Spirit. Because, because we have not learned to submit. We don't rest in God. We keep working. Bible says who is, those who have entered into their rest have ceased from their labors. In other words, what it means is, is that when I am dead to self, then I am uh, not self-righteous. I am not uh, self-centered because, because I'm dead to self. Mm. Okay. When people enter into a covenant with God, they become united with him in spirit by the Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that brings us into union. This union, the Bible says, is like a marriage. It restricts us from engaging in any other unions. 
that would defile their covenant relationship. So when you look at verse 13 here, the Bible says foods for the stomach and stomach for the food, but God will destroy both. Huh? It says now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. So here's what he's saying. He's saying that we have a tendency to believe that the body is not important as, as important to our walk as our spirit. That's why you hear Christians say all the time, this wild thing is in my heart. No, it's not. Amen. Because your heart wouldn't lead you astray. Come on now, say with me. So he's saying here, now notice what he's saying. He's saying that uh, uh, eating and sex are biological functions. And the body craves both of them. We have more trouble out of those two things. Y'all look and say, how are you going to put both of them together? <laughs> we already know. I mean, I'm not going to talk about sex tonight. But you already know the problems that causes. I didn't mean to phrase it that it causes problems. Out. <laughs> out of its rightful place. But everybody in here knows they've had a battle with food. Every time you go to the doctor, he says, yeah, you, you might could lose. How many times you've been to the doctor he told you you need to gain 10 pounds? <laughs> so Paul uses these things together because what he's saying is that both food and our, 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 our urges for sex are biological functions that God put in us, but that's not who we are. He said that when you are the temple, when you have a new body, a new, a renewed mind that controls this body, he says that God will destroy this old one anyway. But the new you will live eternally. Amen? Because the one thing that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, that we might not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So, your body can't be used for anything that it wasn't designed to do. Are y'all? And what it was designed to do is be a residence for the Holy Spirit. And because that was its design, then it can only do what the Holy Spirit desires. In other words, the question will pop up in your head quite often, what is it God wants me to do? And that should be your guiding light, not what do you feel like doing. Left to its own devices, you wouldn't do anything unless you absolutely had to. Oh, come on. So the Bible says that the Corinthians were using this analogy to justify immorality, and Paul rejects this, and he says the bodies and food are temporal relations that will perish. The bodies of believers and the Lord are eternal, a eternal relationship. 
and that will never perish. In other words, we have a covenant with God, but if we, for example, when it talks about sexual immorality, we have a covenant with God, and if we bring another person into that relationship, that breaks the covenant. Hmm? Okay, and I'm not going to get into too much of that because I don't want to really belabor the point. But the point is, if you are sold out, married to Christ, then you can't have a relationship with somebody else, whether it's human or spiritual. You understand that? And if you have self-control, you won't be lured away by a pork chop or a piece of chicken. I, I don't mean that in the, the sense that you, I'm, sometimes what we do, uh, because of, <laughs> now my wife uses this term all the time, hangry. And y'all know that's a lie, but I know you, you use it anyway. You can't be hangry. Look at everybody. Yes, you can. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> if that was the case, then after two or three days, all y'all be dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at y'all. <laughs> because seriously now, seriously, if, you, if, you, if you're prone to be angry when you're hungry, you carry some food with you. Now see, you didn't need the Holy Spirit to tell you that. Huh? See, I've been the victim. I need something to eat. I told you I need something to eat now. I told you. I <laughs> 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 Woo. Huh. Oh, go on, Pastor. I tell no more stories about that. So John said this in John chapter 17, verse 23. He says, I and them, you and me, uh, that they may be made perfect in one, that uh, the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you love me. So he said, Jesus said, we all need to be in one kind of relationship. It's us, because he uses this phrase twice. He says, your body is the temple. And he says that uh, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said that your body is the temple. He's talking about universal. And then he says here, your body is the temple individually. So corporately, we are the body. But individually, we're also the body. Amen? So the Bible says, this is why Paul asked for the sixth time in this chapter 
Do you not know? So the indication was that they either did not know or they had forgotten. I'm guessing most of them had forgotten. And I'm, 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 I'm basing that on the fact that my experience with church folk is that no matter how much you tell them something, you teach them, you train them, that after a while, they forget and revert back to what they used to do. And when you ask them, they will say, well, that's what we used to do. Very, very innocently. But why would you go back to what you used to do? Nobody wants to go back to the outhouse. I mean, why would you do that? It's the same principle. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he says uh, that it's things that we should have known. He says, but apparently they had missed it. He said the words your body in this verse does not apply to the corporate body, what I just said, but the universal body. I mean, yeah, to the individual body. Excuse me. So he says the church as a temple of God uh, is 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 where the spirit of God resides, but our individual bodies is also. So the spirit of the Lord is in this place, but he's also residing in you individually. Amen. So a temple, a temple has no other purpose for existing except to house God's presence. Let me say that one more time. A temple has no other purpose for being here except to house God's presence. So if he's not in you, there's no reason for you. Amen. <laughs> okay. It has but one function, and that function is receptivity. God made us to be receptacles of his spirit. Listen. Most of us believe that God created us for activity when he actually created us for receptivity. Amen. Are you understand? <laughs> because in the old covenant, the priests did exactly the same thing, the same way all the time. But in the new covenant, God is ever unfolding himself, which means that we don't just have a planned activity, but we receive what God wants us to do, and we move with that. And this is why church is having a, a, a difficult time making the transition, because we still want to do it the way that we're comfortable with. But if we're receptacles of the Holy Spirit, we can't just do what we did last week. Because he may want something different today. And the hardest thing, I think I mentioned this on Sunday, is the hardest thing for us to do is to break the barrier of ignorance in saints. And what's amazing to me, what's amazing to me, and I know that it's me, I'll, I'll readily fess up, it's me. I don't understand how a person who says that they are filled with the Spirit of God and they are led by the Spirit of God has so many whys. 
Why would you ask me about what God is doing in you when he is in you doing what he wants to do? The function, uh, excuse me, all activities of a temple should be merely preparation for the reception of God's presence. And here's that question again. What does God want me to do for him? What is it he wants me to do for him? Now, notice I said for him, because a lot of the activities, we, we want to do it for somebody else. You know, even if we, if we sing a song, we want somebody to move. And if they don't move, then we feel like that. Listen. You're not saying they're not into your song. You know what they're saying. They're not into me. Because whatever we do, we're supposed to be doing it for the Lord. Instead, we're looking around to see. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is good, I tell you. The body and the spirit of man have been created by God to glorify God. They both belong to God. Through redemption, Jesus saved us for that purpose. Amen. The believer's physical bodies belong to God. Uh, in them, his spirit live uh, through, <clears throat> through them. He would be able to accomplish what he wanted to do here on earth. So he gave us a body. Then he put himself in this body so he could get his work done through us in this body. Are we still together? <clears throat> so the Bible says that uh, one day these bodies will be resurrected after you, you know, you, you've had your little rest. Amen. But the, the reason that they, they are going to be resurrected is because we will still be carrying his presence even after we are revived. The Bible says that uh, this is possible because he shed his blood for our salvation. And he made that possible by dying on the cross for us. Let me give you two scriptures real fast. Uh, first, you know, Ephesians chapter 1 first. In uh, verse 7 it says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And then First Peter chapter 1 says this in verse 18, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold uh, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Okay. So you know how we got to where we are. We watched everybody else do it. Rightly or wrongly. He says, but with, verse 19, but uh, with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Most of what you know about church, you learn from somebody. Amen. Am I right? Amen. Now, y'all looking at me strange because I want, I'm, I'm trying to get you to this place. I want to do this fast now. It's about this. You learned it from somebody when you should have learned it from the one who saved you for this purpose. 
how are you ever going to be able to break out of the, the mold if you probably, probably, I'm not saying you did, probably learned it wrong, or at best you learned it incomplete. Hmm? Okay. Y'all getting quiet on me, sorry. So the principle here, you are not your own, has to be learned before believers can honor God with their bodies. Can I repeat that? This principle has to be learned. You are not born or born again knowing what God wants. Even after you're born again, you have to learn. You have to be able to discern the force of God, uh, the voice of God, so that you can do what he wants you to do. Amen? Hmm. See, the question is always in my mind, who's in control? Hmm? And that's what you're going to have to keep asking yourself. Who, who's in control of this thing? Who's, who's piloting this ship? You know, amen. So believers seem to have thought that the presence of the spirit within them negated the value of their bodies. And this is what the Corinthians were doing. Uh, that's why they thought it was okay to sleep around in church or eat whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, because they thought the body didn't have any function other than to carry the spirit and the spirit was valuable, but the body was just trash. Huh? But about, yeah. But he says that, that this is not true. And this is the problem that we have is that we have to understand that the body is, in fact, a temple. It is a temple. And you have to treat it as such. Not, not only can you not just put anything in it, you can't do anything with it that's out of character. Amen. Amen. The body then, as the spirit's temple, affirmed its importance to God. Christians cannot indulge their bodies because they're unimportant, nor can they punish their bodies in order to become more spiritual. Now, this is why even when we start to talk on the subject of fasting, you can't abuse your body because you're trying to prove something. Well, I'm going to go on a you know, 50-day fast, and I ain't eat nothing. Are you going to the hospital? So, so, so I'm saying you don't abuse your body to be more spiritual. <laughs> you need your body, and you need your body to be healthy. <laughs> oh, I love it. He says this. He said they must honor God with their bodies, showing their great, uh, gratefulness for uh, Jesus' sacrifice by their worship, their obedience, and service. Their worship, obedience, and their service. Now, we'll bring this to a head here. If you live in a building that's owned by somebody else, then you try not to violate the rules of the building. If you do, you know what happens. You get evicted. Oh, yeah? 
Because your body belongs to God, you must not violate his standards for living. Mm. <laughs> and see, we got all kinds of building codes going. <laughs> Being violated. I noticed uh, on the news, this was a couple of months ago, they had this thing about uh, uh, the shrinking airplane seats, y'all. And they talk about how long it takes to evacuate a plane in case of emergency. And having been on a plane recently, I can tell you that most of the time they can't evacuate because everybody's stuck. <laughs> y'all get that later. They can't get out. Just yeah, wisdom. I'm gonna leave that alone. I got one more. I remember when we were converting from pews to chairs, and we had to order the chairs. And uh, you know, pews do come in. Uh, I mean, chairs come in different bottom sizes. <laughs> you be on somebody else's chair. <laughs> Y'all stop, 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 stop. <laughs> the great fact of the Christian faith is not that it makes man free to sin, but it makes a man free not to sin. And see, that's the key right here. It makes us free not to sin. In other words, I don't have to lie. It's a choice I make. I don't have to smoke. I don't have to drink. I don't have to do those things. It's a choice I make. Why? Because I'm concerned about my body. Because I know who lives in it. If you abuse your body, then it comes to a place where it can't do what it needs to do, which means you can't function in the thing that he called you to do. Amen? Amen. All right. Let me give one more thing and then we'll quit here. Uh, there's no such thing as a self-made man. People say that sometimes. Uh, no. Whatever, whatever you got, whatever you did, however you did it, it was through the power of Christ. It was not you. It was not you. You were not in it. So I want to close by saying this, that we need to make sure that we do uh, a spiritual checkup every so often. Uh, and we do that by praying. When we talk to God, we, we have that examination to make sure that we are okay. And then we need to reflect on, on how we're treating our bodies and ask God to point out any thoughts or behaviors that might need modifying. And that's where we come to resetting. 
because most of us have some behaviors that need modification. Amen. 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 Some of us learn and some of us just plain old, uh, what I call impulsiveness. There's nothing more dangerous than an impulsive believer. Amen. Amen. Mm. How do you know if you're impulsive? Do you apologize a lot? That's probably probably you then. Amen. All right, I'm going to stop right here. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about fasting. We're not going to talk about this on live stream. We're going to just talk to you.